Hello, good evening and welcome to the Franchise Tag Podcast with me, your host, Freddie Hall. Sorry for being a little bit later than we usually are. Some technical difficulties been going on, may get them resolved, probably not. I am on my phone for the time being. Um, but as ever, we've got Andrew Manning with us tonight and Sky Lawrence Pank back to talk again about free agency frenzy week two. Loads of things have happened this week. I had to, to scroll through so much of Twitter just to remind myself of what has uh, happened this week because it seems to have been... Very fast-paced. It's now slowed down. Uh, not really had anything breaking today as such. Well, we've got one or two things. Um, but we'll also be looking at some of the players that haven't been signed yet so far. Um, not a big week for the New York Giants, Andrew. A couple of bits of movement. I mean, there was more early in the week that you had stuff going on. Um, sort of petered out. Are you hoping there might be a surprise signing in the next coming, coming days? Uh, yeah, we kind of did our moves early, didn't we? We got a lot out, out of the way. Um, I still don't think we've massively addressed the wide receiver one position uh, for me. I think we're still lacking that. And I'm not sure at where we are in the draft, whether there's going to be that wide receiver one still available on the board for us to snag. So I, I was hoping for maybe a veteran like DeAndre Hopkins or something like that coming on board. But you know, maybe that's just clutching at straws. The business that we've done has been good and the wide receiver room has, has got a lot in it. Just a lot of wide receiver twos in my eyes. And Sky, obviously, New England Patriots, a little bit of movement there. You obviously have the trade of Jonu Smith, which everyone sort of said, well, what was the point in having Jonu Smith? Um, but then you've decided to go and bring Mike Gazicki in. We'll probably talk a little bit more about that. But the Patriots making making a couple of moves. Um, is there anything that you've been really impressed with so far or a bit disappointed about? I think it's just uh, we seem to actually finally have a plan in terms of like an offensive identity. Obviously, getting Johnny Smith out, Gisicki with Hunter Henry's good. Um, never really been Smith's used as biggest fan when he was in Pittsburgh, no offence, but he redeemed himself as the Chiefs, and I think it's a good signing. Um, so, yeah, pretty happy so far. And also, I don't know how good he'll be, but James Robinson, you know, finally replaced uh, James White in terms of that... Um, you know, running back who couldn't catch passes out of the backfield. So, intrigued to see how he does. I think that could be a quietly good signing. Well, of course, there's one Patriots player we should talk about because this has sort of been the latest one, really, in the news is Damian Harris going to the Buffalo Bills, uh, a team that's been really lacking in that running back power, Andrew. Well, I'd say maybe not lacking is maybe a strong word, but they seem to not have it for the full season. It said it was Devin Singletree, they also drafted James Cook a couple of years ago. It's been a bit of a mix. I had Naeem Hines as well. However, they've, they've gone and got Damian Harris, who's a, a, a very good back. Had a few injuries um, last year with the New England Patriots. Do you think every year we say with the Bills, they just need to add this little thing and they'll push the Super Bowl? Is Damian Harris the one that's going to push them to the Super Bowl? Yeah, well, I think he's a great signing. I um, really like that, that move for them. I was kind of looking at Zeke uh, for them for that. And then that popped up and they took Harris. I was like, yeah, you know what? That really fits well because uh, James Cook had a really strong end to the season, really came into his own uh, sort of that back that when they drafted him, we all got excited about. And I think the dynamic between the two of them is going to work really well because uh, there's such different styles. And when he is healthy, Harris is always, for me, a very reliable RB1 in, in my head. He's not a backup. Um, so I think he, he can take the load and then James Cook come in for those uh, extra little special plays and, uh, and a young set of legs to, to rest Harris as well. So I like that move. I think it's really good, really positive for them. I mean, Sky, you don't have to smile loads. I mean, ex-player, divisional <laughs> rival. He's been pretty decent for you guys. And like Andrew said, he has real capability of being a really strong RB1. 
Um, do you think he's going to fit into this Buffalo system pretty well? He's already got quite a quite an efficient offense, and obviously a very very talented quarterback. And uh, you, like, like I was also saying, but the, the running back has been the issue for the Bills. Is this is this a nice fit for Damian Harris? I think it's an upgrade on what they have had in terms of Devin Singletary. I mean, he had 15 touchdowns with us in the 2021 season. Um, and if Stevenson wasn't, you know, as good as he was when Harris went down last year, I think we'd be looking at it and saying that's a huge loss. Um, so quite fortunate, obviously, that we have Mondre Stevenson. But um, yeah, I think it's a really good move for them to have him. And literally what what Andy said, he touched upon there, having that complimentary in, in styles um, to have, you know, James Cook as sort of your, your third down, pass catching back and then, Harris doing the dirty work on the early downs. I think it's a really good move for them. And I might as well stick on to the running back because there's been a hell of a lot of running back movement within the last uh, week or so. We've had Devin Singletree side with some of the Texans on a one-year deal. David Montgomery has gone to the Detroit Lions. Um, we've seen Jamal Williams sign for the New Orleans Saints. We've seen Ezekiel Elliott be released by the Dallas Cowboys. And also we've seen Miles Sanders go to the Carolina Panthers. Um, all these moves, very interesting within themselves. A couple of one-year deals here, which I think, I think we'll talk about in a bit as well, because it has been a running theme, really, for a lot of these signings in this free agency. But do any of these particularly stick out to you, uh, Sky, being really smart moves for some of these players and some of these franchises? I think out of all of them, the one I've sort of analysed it a bit too much, but initially when I saw David Montgomery, I thought that was a good move. You know, he's gone to another divisional team. And again, Maybe the Lions aren't as sold on Swift, but I think when he's been healthy, he's proved to be a good running back as well. And again, two guys with um, different styles, but good backs. And we know they've already got offensive weapons with St. Brown. And I think it just adds more firepower to that Lions offense. So I think it's a good move for them out of all of them. I would say Montgomery is probably the standout for me. And what about yourself, Andrew? I mean, I, I was veering toward the Miles Sanders going to uh, Carolina Panthers as being uh, one of the, the better moves out of these. Yeah, it was definitely a, an area that the Panthers needed to address, wasn't it? They even lost their foreman as well, didn't they? So uh, they they really, really need to look at that. And that's, a, that's again, it's another good uh, acquisition for them. Uh, they've made a couple of them now. But I do quite like the Singletary to Houston. I really like what Houston have done now. Obviously, they've already got Pierce. So, again, it's, it, it's a guy that's been around the league and done it with the Bills a little bit. Um, so it adds a bit of depth at that back behind Pierce. And, Obviously, we're talking running backs, but they brought in Dalton Schultz as well, which I think is an absolutely fantastic tight end to pick up. And uh, I think the the Cowboys might be kicking themselves, letting him go with uh, how much of a talent he is and how he's been over the last sort of two seasons, especially. So, yeah, I, I like the moves that the Texans are doing. So adding Singletary in there. I, I've always been a fan of Singletary. He just hasn't really got it done at the Bills. So maybe he can get it done at the Texans. Well, Texans are one of them teams that has done a couple of moves as well. Like we said, we might as well touch on while we are talking about the Texans, and that's um, the Brandon Cooks trade for fifth-round pick to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, so Brandon Cooks gone over to join C.D. Lamb. Um, I've, oh, I can't even remember who else is there. I think everyone's just gone out of my head. Uh, Michael Gallup. Uh, do believe Noah Brown's gone, but I feel like he's going to be on that third wide receiver on on the depth chart there. Maybe even the number two there, Andrew. He's been traded a lot. I saw, I think I read somewhere that he's one of the only players that's been traded this amount of time, one of the wide receivers that's been traded this amount of times in his career. On the wrong side of of the age bracket, really, do you think he can complement well in in a, in a Dallas offense which has lacked ambition at times, maybe? 
Yeah, I think the uh, the thing the issue I've got with this though is there's the the Cowboys fans and the media seem to have got on the hype train that adding him in makes them Super Bowl contenders. And I'm like, mm-hmm. if anything happens to CD Lamb, you know, if he if he tweaks anything or needs to, comes out for any period of time, is Cooks good enough to be your wide receiver one? I don't think he is. And that's my struggle. And then when you look at him, because he's always been a guy that I've rated and I've always liked him, but he's been at the Saints, the Patriots, the Rams, the Texans, now the Cowboys. He's played for what? Sean Payton, Bill Belichick, Sean McVay. And none of them have wanted to keep him. Um, and that strikes me as a bit odd. Is is what's what's wrong with him? And why does he move around so much? And why does no one keep him longer than like a year or year and a half. It's, it just seems a bit odd, and I'm just not sure whether, like I say, can he live up to the hype? He's always been good, but never really shone as being a, a wide receiver one talent, uh, which you might need from him. I mean, I knew there was going to be a bit of bitterness there, being a New York Giants fan, when you hear that Dallas Cowboys now say that this is going to tip them over the edge, and they're going to now be a Super Bowl team, which they were, you know, they were competitive last year. But, Scott, you think that's a it's a little bit rich saying stuff about that. Brandon Cook Andrew makes some good points about, you know, big coaches don't seem to keep him. He definitely makes a good point. I think the thing where he was unlucky with the Patriots is when he got knocked out of that Super Bowl against the Eagles. You know, he was having a great game and then he had that like vicious hit and out with concussion. Um, so obviously, I'm not saying that's why he got traded away, but he was still good at the Rams. And um, yeah, I think in most of his seasons, he's had over a thousand yards. Um in the majority of them. So he's a good receiver. And I think it's what Dallas have needed because they were linked with him before the trade deadline as well. Right. And people were saying, you know, that's what they needed. So maybe that's why the fans are getting uh, so hyped, but I would probably be more impressed with them getting Gilmore. I think he still proved that he plays at a high level um, as a lockdown corner, maybe probably not as, as good as he was when he's defensive player of the year for the Patriots. But I think they've at least made good additions on either side of the ball, which you probably can't say that they've done in previous years. So at least Dallas are actually looking to address some of the issues they have. Mm, they, they look like they're trying to uh, to figure out some things before they go into the new season. And obviously with the draft coming up as well, they have made a couple of moves. Uh, another wide receiver has made a move is Adam Thielen going to the Carolina Panthers, uh, ex-Minnesota, was number two and was at Minnesota Vikings for uh, seven years. Obviously, infamously, a seventh-round pick. Played up to a first-round pick level sometimes for the Minnesota Vikings. He really was fantastic. Um, do you think uh, th- th- this is sort of the DJ Moore replacement sky for the Carolina Panthers? Some people don't believe DJ Moore is a true number one. My opinion, he is. I think he's a fantastic wide receiver. Do you think this is a bit of a... It sort of softens the blow of losing a couple of picks and also losing the, their star wide receiver, I suppose, and also bringing in Miles Sanders. Obviously, they took, you know, got rid of Christian McCaffrey last year as well. Is this sort of the moves that you're saying, trying to warm warm up the Panthers fans to fill up the stadium next year? Yeah, definitely. I think my only issue with him is, I, I mean, I'm a bit hypocritical with age, depending on the player, but a 32-year-old wide receiver you probably look at the Vikings and probably say, you know, they're not a team that's tanking and they're in playoff contention. So why have they let him go? Um, I still think he's obviously good um, uh, in the right offense, but it makes sense that he's gone to the Panthers, right? Because like you said, they they need any bums on seats in the stadium. They're going to draft whoever they're going to draft at number one. Um, and yeah, I think it's a good move for them, but I'm still thinking that with the Panthers, it, they just strike me one of those teams at the moment. They're probably, you know, winners of the off season. How good are they actually going to be when, 
the new season comes around. Um, I think it's right that they've got some hype, but I think I'll hold fire on how excited I personally am until the first few weeks of the season for them. Well, Scott makes a good point as well there, Andrew, because there's a lot of new players in here and they're like they're getting bums in seats and they're going to do that with a new, probably a new franchise quarterback as well. But do you think it's smart that they have made moves for new players in key positions to come in because they're going to be equally as, though they are NFL experienced players, of course, they're not going to know the system that the coach wants to run there, just like the new quarterback will be as well. And it's going to be sort of a growing together thing for for a new quarterback to come into the system. And also, I know that you were quite keen to see Adam Freedom wear the, uh, the, the, the blue of New York Giants as well. Yeah, I briefly mentioned that when <laughs> I think I mentioned it on our... Um when we did a mock draft and I was yeah. like, when we were kind of looking at the names that were left on the board for us. And I was like, do you know what? Maybe we should take a secondary and take safety cornerback, something in the draft and, and maybe go out and get Thieland or something like that. And then later that night, he went and moved <laughs> to the Panthers. So um, yeah, the, the news wasn't great, but um, yeah, he's, he's a good acquisition for them because like we said, as soon as the, the, uh, the trade happened and they let DJ Moore go and they moved up to one, we kind of went, well, who's he throwing the who's the new young guy throwing the ball to? I think we we looked at it and we said there's Terrace Marshall, LaVisca Chenault, and Shai Smith. All very, very young guys and all have shown glimpses of being good, but never really any consistency whatsoever. Um so I think we were we were, had lots of question marks at who this youngster was gonna throw the ball to. And I don't think they've got a a, a pick till the ninth, I think they've got the 93rd pick in the draft now after they've taken their, their quarterback. So you, they had to address it with with someone like Thieland rather than going, you know what, we can get a late round wide receiver in round one or a, or someone in round two. That You know, they're back end of round three. So they weren't going to get one of these hot youngsters that's coming out either. So I think that's the right move for them to go after someone like Thieland with these youngsters, teach them uh, and show them the way. And finally, probably what would this be the last of the moves that actually happened? But one of the biggest moves of the week last week, I, su- I suppose, um, and that was CJ Gardner Johnson signing for the Detroit Lions. Ended up didn't taking as big a contract as apparently the Eagles reportedly offered him, but fancied his chances of getting big money elsewhere. A very integral part of that Philadelphia Eagles defense, and has has been a bit of a journeyman, admittedly, um, but has proved his worth wherever he's gone. The Lions have made a hell of a lot of moves, Andrew, this offseason. And 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 do you think that they've all been smart? Because this this move is is quite big time for me and a massive upgrade for a Detroit sign defense that really was though had though had talent, clear talent, didn't hit the mark on all cylinders. Yeah, um, I th- I mean I mean bringing back the cornerbacks at the Eagles was uh, was absolute genius bit of uh, business. I thought that was, I thought we were going to lose both of them the way it was going. Uh, but they've lost now both their safeties and they've lost the guy that I believe had the most interceptions uh, of the league last year. So, uh, and was absolutely fantastic for them. I thought he was integral for them to keep. Really shocked they didn't franchise tag him and keep him. Uh, thought he would have been a big part of them moving forward because there's been a lot on social media now of seeing what the Eagles' big key pieces that the Eagles have lost, including in the the coaching staff as well. Uh, and there's a lot of key names that they're not bringing back. Um, 
although they have done some good business bringing the corner back. So I thought they would have liked to keep uh, Gardner-Johnson. And uh, as I think it was Gareth that reported it for us in our group chat. Was he offered Was he offered 12 by the Eagles? 12 by and, Eagles, got eight. And got eight. So it seems a bit odd that if you were offered eight, you wouldn't just go back to the Eagles and say, yeah, is it, is it still on the cards or... You know, I, I don't know. Um, bit bit odd for him to go, but yeah, good some good business from the Eagles. The Lions guy. Should the Green Bay Packers, the Vikings, the Bears be looking over their shoulder a little bit because they've made some very interesting moves, upgraded, I think, in a lot of positions as well, and have got a pretty well two good picks. We got a high pick in the in the top ten. Um, in the draft and a bit below ones where I can't remember the exact number now off the top of my head. But should that division be looking over their shoulder at how this Lions team is shaping up? Yeah, I think the division might do a reverse. And I mean, probably end up, you know, despite me in the arse later on, but Lions and Bears seem to be the teams who are on the up, right? Um, they made some some good moves. I think they probably need to address, did they cut two receivers? I think they cut uh, Jones and Golladay. So they probably need to look at that in the draft alliance. But like you said, I think all the moves they've made have been well thought out. And we've seen in the last couple of years, they're building towards something, right? Where they finally had a winning season and things are in the right place. But yeah, I think the Lions and also Chicago with the moves they've made and obviously the compensation they've got from that um, trade with the Panthers and getting DJ Moore. I think those two teams, one of them was surely um, can end up taking the NFC North crown next year, but we'll see. It's a long journey to go for the start of the season. I think it was DJ Shark they cut, not Kenny Golladay. Kenny Golladay was at the Giants, but it was D DJ Shark, who we will talk about in a moment because there is a lot of players that have still not been signed. Some are big names, some are some names that I think are better than people think. Some people maybe are, in some people's opinion, a little bit overhyped, but we'll talk about some of the players that are still on that free agency white and some of the players who have still not really figured out what's going on. And we'll quickly, we'll get this one out of the way because we talked a lot about it last week. But Lamar Jackson, it was all the talk last week. And we've not heard a peep out of anybody, it feels like, for uh, well, far too long, really. And also, Aaron Rodgers, we've not really heard anything about that either. Um, are we all in agreement here that this just needs to hurry up for both of, both parties, both Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers? This just needs to get sorted, whether Jackson moves or stays, or whether Rodgers gets you know gets traded to the Jets. I suppose are we are we just a bit bored of this now, Andrew? I feel like we need this to be done, Riv. You say bored of it? Um, I I honestly believe that the free agency for me has kind of gone. Uh, to script of the way we think. I don't think there's been much in there that we kind of went, hmm, that's a big shock. Other than the the, the Bears trade at the, at the start, I was kind of like, wow, yeah, that's that get my teeth into that. But everything else kind of been new homes, new players, bit of buzz for the teams going, oh, yeah, we've got that guy. But nothing overly dramatic of going, wow, they've moved, they've gone, they didn't keep them. Um, so I'm still I'm still hanging on these rumours that we've always had. The the Rogers moving, I think, is more of a, a nail on. I think that's kind of gone, and they're, they're going to get all. It's going to mess up everybody's current mock drafts because you're not going to have the Jets in the first round. There, it's going to be two picks for the Packers. Um, but yeah, the Lamar Jackson, the Derek Henry, the Austin Eckler, the DeAndre Hopkins, all of those rumours that all started ages ago. And we've just seen 
nothing from them and everything seems to be gone quiet from them. And when we talk about the Lamar Jackson one, and you say we talked about it last week, we, we just mentioned the, our thoughts on him. Uh, we didn't really go into um, where any of us think he might go, um, who would take the risk on taking him, and where that leaves them afterwards. I talked an extensive with this with Adam uh, the off the podcast, and I was very before we did our mock draft. I went, "Are we doing trades?" Because I feel like if there's a big trade for Lamar Jackson, I could see Baltimore getting a package with what they get for him to move up to that uh, cardinal spot at three and take Anthony Richardson and essentially have. Like for like. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Are you telling me that you think the Arizona Cardinals are going to have on roster the four foot four Kyler Murray and then the five foot four Lamar Jackson, just both running around going crazy? You think that's going to happen? No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I said I, I, I don't think they're going to go for Lamar Jackson. Have two massive contracts on their uh, hands. What what I was saying was I think maybe it, you know if someone like the the Titans or the Falcons or you know, maybe even the Patriots have now been rumoured with yeah. Lamar Jackson for some reason. If one of them takes Lamar Jackson, the picks that the Ravens get for him, which is two first rounds, they could package up their first rounds and move up to Arizona's spot to get their next quarterback, is what I'm saying. Because um, ultimately, we don't really think that the Cardinals need a massive address it for the third pick We're, we've got them all taking will will anderson they can get an edge rusher what if they move down to what the names that i said i said the the falcons so the falcons you know they're equally going to get a player at eight um potentially the titans at 11 they're still going to get a big name player that they want off the board then because there's going to be that would leave it as the force four first picks being quarterbacks mm -hmm. so the Cardinals moving down that far is not really going to be massive. So, is do do we actually think that Lamar Jackson is going to get traded? And if so, which teams do you guys think would be most inclined to willing to to, to take a punt on him? I've had to think about this earlier on. Um, not the Patriots. I, don't, I saw the same rumor. That's not going to happen. Um, I think the Falcons are a good shoe-in, um, potentially. Or I don't know if I'm just having some nostalgia and thinking of like Randall Cunningham, Vikings, Randy Moss as a rookie, late 90s. But I think Minnesota should probably, with, with Justin Jefferson, if they could get Lamar Jackson, I think that would be a good move. But um yeah the only team i see logically where you've mentioned about the draft is potentially the titans or the falcons because the titans have got so much cap space that i guess you know they would be the one in a prime position to say look let's go get him um and at least because you know they've sort of gone a bit on a backward spiral since getting rid of aj brown so they need something to reignite the offense again so i'd say tennessee or atlanta hmm just because I don't want to say Tennessee or Atlanta, because I do, I do think they are both really strong candidates. The Commanders, I mean, they've got to be in with a bit of a shout because they've got, they've only got they've got Sam Howell, and didn't they sign someone else recently? Didn't they sign someone else in free agency? Yeah, Case, Case Keenum was it? Case Keenum? Did they Case Case Keenum? Was it Case Keenum? Carson Wentz isn't there anymore, is he? No, 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 he's not. No, I, Washington could certainly do it. I think they it, that would be a really fun 
that would really tip them over the edge. Jacoby Brissett. I've done the, I've done the work for you. Jacoby Brissett's who they brought in. Ah, uh, Jacoby Brissett's who they brought in, and uh, that makes sense. It's a good bridge quarterback but, to have, but but it ain't Lamar Jackson, and Lamar <laughs> no. Washington could be certainly an interesting one. Um, outside that, I, 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 the, I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could go for it. Really, realistically, um, I know they just bought in Baker, but. I mean, that would be so funny, but Baker would have been on a team with Sam Darnold, who also got drafted in the same draft and then moved to another team and be on the same team as another person that got drafted in the exact same round as him. Because the book, the books need to think seriously think about the quarterback situation. Because Baker, though he did all right in LA, it wasn't necessarily, you know, it was a situation that was not that great. At the time, I, I don't know. I, I think they're so. I think the, the Falcons and Panthers, well, the Panthers are obviously out now, out of it now, but the Falcons did claim they were out of it and that they didn't want anything to do with it. Yeah, I've read that, but for me, it makes perfect sense for the fact the Falcons was one I did a lot of research on it in my own time, but knowing there was no rumors about it, but they've said they're out on it, but it fits perfectly for them. They've got two, they've got a, a really amazing tight end in Kyle Pitts. They've got a, a great wide, young wide receiver in Drake London. They're heavy on the run game already. We saw that a lot last year. And they've got a, a, a decent O-line. It kind of works for me to, for the, for that, for Lamar Jackson to be there and in that team. It kind of, that works for both sides and where it is in the draft as well. It's not much for them to then trade for that that pick if they want to go out and get Anthony Richardson uh, in the draft and trump someone. Uh, or every time I did any research on it and any time I like looked into any team that might be sniffing around, it just says whatever offer sheet goes in for uh, Lamar Jackson, the Ravens are just going to match it. Um, so if that's the case, he's not going anywhere. Uh, and, mm. and that's all I can find from it. And if that's the case, uh, that's going to really like that's it really puts a damper on what we were saying is, are we over the Rogers and Lamar Jackson thing? If it's not, if nothing's going to happen or something's going to happen, it, it's just wasting people's times, really, isn't it? It's certainly an interesting story, but we will definitely keep the finger on the pulse for. Let's look at a couple of players who haven't been signed yet. I'm going to put three players out there and we'll all discuss them, I suppose. Sky, three players out there on the line at the minute. Odell Beckham Jr. still not found a home. It's It's been a lot of rumours about where he might be. Obviously, there was a lot of joy talking about Dallas Cowboys last year, um, but he's still out there in the world. Bobby Wagner, uh, linebacker, obviously a little bit on the older side, but there's definitely teams that could definitely feature a seasoned uh, seasoned linebacker. And also Ed Rusher, Yannick Ngakwe, who has been a bit of a journeyman and also described by some teams as a bit of a problem guy, but is a very capable edge rusher and could really complement someone on the other side. Can you Could you see where... Maybe any of these three could be maybe landing or why they haven't been signed yet at all. In terms of the players you mentioned and the best ones I looked at, Bobby Wagner is one who stood out. Um, and I think it might have been KJ Wright talking about Seattle or Dallas. He was talking about him either coming back to see the Seahawks. But I would love to see him, uh, Dan Quinn, you know, with how good that Dallas defense is. Him there, I know they've re-signed uh, Van Der Esch. But I think, you know, you can never have too much depth at linebacker. And he's the sort of player who... I think a Bobby Wagner is a sort of player where if the Cowboys got them, then maybe you would seriously say Super Bowl contender. You know, I know we joked about Brandon Cooks and Gilbert, they're good additions, but an experienced veteran like that, if someone's get you over the top. Odell Beckham, I think I've reached a point now where I wouldn't even be surprised if we're looking into 
way later into you know um training camp and stuff where he finally signs um out of all the teams maybe he could end up in buffalo i know that was a rumor before i don't think obviously green bay now with with rogers um and then yeah i guess in terms of other players i would there's i know there's a lot of running backs out there but i just think um it'll be interesting to see where bobby wagner goes and i think i'm trying to think there's the other linebacker who the rams have lost as well Uh, is it leonard floyd Yes, Leonard Floyd. Yeah, so that's it'll be another interesting one as well to see where he goes. Would you be interested in seeing Odell Beckham Jr. suit back up in the the blue of New York Giants, Andrew, or do you think it's going to be more likely that he goes elsewhere? I mean, I'd love it if he came to us. That would be perfect for me. I've still got soft spot for him. I've always said that if he ever signs that deal with the Cowboys, I think he'll upset a lot of people at, at the Giants because I feel like the Giants fan base will still love him regardless of where he's been. Um, I've I've heard a rumour that he's waiting on where DeAndre Hopkins goes and they they could be landing at the same place. So um, I'll have to find out who I heard that from. But <laughs> that could make sense. But I think the most uh, traction I've got from any of it seems to be the Bills. Uh, that seems that they could do with someone like that as well. I know Byron's been screaming out to get another wide receiver in in there as well. And it could be perfect. But uh, if we go back to why we think these guys are still on there, um, I think in terms of position they play uh, and whether their age, I know uh, Ngakwe is only like 27, but uh, 32 for Bobby Wagner and the injuries for uh, Odell Beckham Jr. I think people might see what they get first round in the draft and see if they can get a youngster that does exactly the same thing, especially the linebackers. There's uh, two or three really good linebackers in this draft that are going to fall outside the uh, of, um, the first round. So, you know, if, if you're picking up one of those guys, it's going to be cheaper in the long run for you to have Trenton Simpson on your team from Clemson rather than the money you're going to have to pay Bobby Wagner to be on your team uh, for maybe one a one-year deal. Um, so I think that's why... We're seeing these guys still there. I think people want to see what they get in the draft first before they commit to some of these bigger names um, to strengthen their team. A couple more names, Andrew, that I've got on here who are, who are, are the right side age-wise and we're capable of all the teams. But I suppose uh, Scarby have to comment upon one of them, actually. is DJ Shark, uh, wide receiver, Zaya Wynn, the tackle, and also John Johnson, the safety, who was at Cleveland, formerly of the uh, LA Rams. All three of them are still in the EFA. I mean, John Johnson played tremendously in Cleveland, was a really good player there, played great in LA as well. DJ Shark, I've always thought, has been underrated. Uh, I think he's very underrated and has been not the feature guy on any team, but has always been the strong number two. Um, and then Isaiah Wynn, who is a perfectly good tackler, and a lot of teams are screaming out for experience at the tackle position. And um, I suppose if he's still out there, he's not looking for, I mean, he may be looking for a lot of money, but. What, where do you see maybe some of these three play, players going? And also, again, what, why are they not in the conversation for who's been gone, who's gone so far? Sorry, Fred, did you ask me? Or I, I, I was talking to you, but I don't mind who goes. <laughs> oh, right. You said you said Sky, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I know you're talking about win. Yeah. I'm, I'm good for a little bit here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm really shocked at uh, DJ Chark. He's he's the one for me that stands out there. The other guys, um, I think, you know, they're again, they're another one-year contract deals, strengthen your team, bolster it up. 
I think, again, they're in the conversation with, let's see what we get in the draft before we bring those guys over on their deal. But DJ Sharp, for me, is one that I'm really surprised someone hasn't gone out and got him uh, because we know what he can do. We've seen what he can do. And um, I'm a little bit shocked that he's not returning to the Lions, really. I thought I thought he'd, I thought he'd stick, stick with them. So, yeah, that's a, that's a bit of a bit of an odd one. I agree. I know I time traveled to set other players, but that who's who, who I was thinking of before. So thanks, Ruddy, for that. Um, and he, you know, he proved that he was viable in Detroit. But I think when I had a look earlier, he hasn't finished. Um, he hasn't played every game in the season. I know he's not obviously a wide receiver one, but I think still talent wise, I'm surprised he hasn't been snapped up. I think the issue. Um, I know you were looking to me for Isaiah Win. The issue with him is just his size for a lineman, um, along with the injuries. I think the Patriots took a big chance. I mean, most of the in the draft mocks that I've seen, we're now looking at linemen who are like six six, and I think Win is six one or six two with them being generous on the measurements. And obviously, you know, O line wise, um, you need reliable blockers. And yeah, I'm surprised about about Shark. But I'm also surprised. You know, there's there's a few other players as well. And I think even I know running back sort of a banged up position. But for even guys like Zeke and well, more so like Leonard Fournette, still only 28. So interested to see where someone like that lands as well. We've also got some veteran players that are on out there as well. I mean, Marcus Peters, Claire's Campbell, Frank Clark, all on the wrong side age-wise, probably a little bit older. But for players like Marcus Peters, um, Sky, when he sees like Patrick Peterson going to the Steelers and being quite clearly the mentor for that position, um, do you, and, and also players like Claire's Campbell who could be, I mean, you put Kales Campbell with Jordan Davis at the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, Jordan Davis is just going to learn so much from a player like that. And Frank Clark has really proved his worth with the Kansas City Chiefs for quite a long time. I think he's just become a bit too expensive and been a cap casualty there for the Kansas City Chiefs. But do you think these three players can land on a team where they will be the veteran presence for maybe a younger player that they get in? Yeah, I wonder if Campbell's going to do what um, Sue did and almost, you know, wait maybe to a little bit in the season and then land somewhere with, with the right spot and where you can see they're going to be contended for the Super Bowl. You know, he's sort of got the talent even at his age to demand that. Um, Marcus Peters, yeah, I completely agree. Well, he's a couple of years younger than than Patrick Peterson, but maybe that's just more scheme fit. And then who was the other player you said? Because I've gone blank. Frank Clark. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm that's the one I'm most shocked about because... He come up big in that AFC title game against the Bengals. Mm. Um, now, of course, I know they've got to pay money elsewhere, but I'm surprised. And I think he's still under 30, almost 29. But, you know, he's still got some stuff in the tank. So out of those, I would expect him to sign with a team sooner rather than later. But the other two, it might be more as depending on where injuries fall in training camp or just who they think is going to be a contender once sort of the draft's finished. Oh, sorry. Twitter has just popped up. In my... Oh, we've lost Fred. <laughs> it's just the two of us. It must uh, have been bigger news than Ronald Jones to Dallas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could probably weigh in a little bit with uh, what we think about some of the players that Fred's just said, uh, uh, why you guys were talking. I fully agree with you. It's what I was going to say, that maybe um, these guys uh, are going to wait a little bit until they see a team that might need their, their strengths. But... I see a team like the Saints swooping in on 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 some of these names. They they you know especially Frank Clark. I could see the Saints going in for him um, with with some of the holes that they need to fill with the losses that they've had. Uh, I think they're going to need to get some young blood in with their draft picks and maybe look at some of this old blood to fill the gaps. So the Saints is a team for me that might look at uh, some of these guys that we've mentioned. 
apologies for me skipping out for a minute twitter popped up because it did it did have a name but we were just literally talking about and that's the falcons are planning to host uh claire's campbell uh on a, oh. on a visit. So the falcons could be uh, they're, they're hosting him maybe they get him in but it would be an upgrade for the falcons but i think the falcons need to get younger not depends I, I don't think the falcons are going to get a defensive lineman you know i don't think they're going to go for a defensive tackle and mm. have him lineups i just think i just think him being next to someone younger would make a lot of sense or you know whoever drafts jalen carter or brian brazee or collage Kansi, whoever drafts maybe for any three of them defensive tackles looking to get him into lineup next to him so they can learn something from Calais campbell because he's you know such a veteran and, and has been one there one of the best defensive linemen at one point in his career and uh, they, they could really just be a sponge with them couldn't they Right, I think we are about all done here. The only one thing I was going to ask you, um, both of you as well, is it's very apparent to me that we're seeing a lot of one-year contracts this year. It doesn't feel like there's going to be... There's, there's been a few players that have been extended and there's been some big contracts given out, like to Laramie Tunsil, who's re-signed for Texans and some of the quarterbacks, Daniel Jones getting his money and everything like that. But a lot of these free agents are not getting big deals. It's a lot of one-year deals this year. Why do we think that is? Is that just because of the caliber of players there are, or do we think it's the effect of how good college players are now when they come out that they simply just don't want to sign some of these guys with free agents too long contracts because they can go and get better maybe in a couple in a year's time in in the draft? What do you reckon? I'm going to go to Andrew for this one to begin with because with his college knowledge, he'll know a lot about that. Yeah, I mean, the, the strength of the youngsters is very good coming out of college and, and you get them on um, sort of their rookie four-year deals that are super cheap, uh, especially if you're getting them anyone outside of the first round that's of any talent. So there, there's definitely the value there. I think what it is, there's been a lot of teams over the last sort of two, three years that have been caught out in free agency and going after someone and signing to a four-year deal and a five-year deal. And within a year, they're not really working out uh, at this new team. I, I, I mean, for me, Kenny Golladay, um, you know, we brought him over. He was extremely talented. He'd done all the works. He had the great, and then we had him stuck at us after one year with a, with a bad season going like, well, we've got to keep him around for a bit because we can't cut him. We can't trade him. He's going to cost us a lot. He's going to be a cap casualty and we've had to sort of hold it out with him. And I think that that's what it is. I think you, players that you've already got and they're already on your team when they become free agents, you sign them to bigger deals because you know what you've got and they fit in with your system. I think if you're bringing new people in, one-year deal, and then if it's working out, sign them to a longer deal before the contract finishes or try and re-sign them again at the end of that deal. I think that's that's kind of where you've got to be. Otherwise, you can, like I say, you can be stuck uh, in a bit of uh, a sticky situation with your cap space in the future if you sign any of these and they don't work out. Is it also as well, Sky, that a lot of these teams are, are needing to have enough cap space because, quite simply, there is a lot of talent on a lot of teams, and especially with these quarterbacks now, how much money they're getting, a lot of key positions in corners getting good money, tackle, edge rushers. A lot of teams have these sort of players. Do you think it's a lot of more just preparing for the future rather than, like Andrew said, sort of landlocking yourself if you do have someone on for a long time? Yeah, I think GMs are a lot more conscious now of losing their jobs. You know, there's a lot more scrutiny now in terms of you look at teams, who, the NFL trades in general have been a lot more active. You know, people even pursuing people who are on one year contracts to get them in and have them prove it. But I also think players are 
quite happy to bank on themselves a lot more now as well and do one-year prove-it deals, maybe just because he's come to the Patriots. But Smith-Schuster, you know, he's had a good year in the Chiefs after people sort of were like, you know, a bit like, oh, why is he? Why have the Chiefs picked him up from Pittsburgh? Because he, you know, didn't have the best ending as a Steeler. Um, but now he's got a three-year deal with New England. So I think players as well are also probably a bit more comfortable at certain points in their career to be like, I'm happy to take a year, prove myself, and then get another couple of years elsewhere for a bit more money. Um, and I think even Dalton Schultz, uh, no, Andy touched upon him earlier as a prime example, is going to be a good safety blanket for whoever the Texans draft. And if he has another good year at that tight end position, you know, he can cash in and probably go elsewhere or remain in Houston next year for even more money. Certainly very interesting and food for thought. And of course, we have talked a little bit about college and the draft coming up very soon. Uh, Andrew and Adam did a show on Sunday, did their first mock draft, alternated their picks. It was a very fun show. I've watched it all. Make sure you go and check that out on YouTube and on our socials. They will probably be doing some more mock the mocks. I did see earlier that Bucky Brooks' third mock draft has just popped up, so I can imagine that maybe Andrew and Adam will be glancing over and critiquing the great Bucky books. <laughs> I'm sure that'll be coming very soon. Until then, though, thank you for uh, watching us. Make sure you like and subscribe and, uh, to our YouTube and to all our social media platforms. Plenty more stuff coming your way with this free agency period and with the draft coming up. Until then, thank you very much for watching and we'll see you all again very soon.